Okay, so we're continuing our series looking at uh, the body of Christ. And the title for today is The Body of Christ, A Healthy Body. So um, just to remind ourselves um, what we're looking at when we talk about the body of Christ. Um, We've seen in our series that the body of Christ is made up of all believers. So in other words, it's not just uh, members of a certain church or a specific group of churches. Um, The body of Christ is made up of all those who who, um, have accepted Jesus as their saviour and want to be serving God and and spreading the word of, of Christ. Um, and God's word tells us that all those of us who are, who are in that and a part of that, we're to function like a body in the sense that each of us has our own distinct functions, but we're all working together and we're all working for a common purpose. And we've also seen from uh, God's word, the Bible, that Christ is the head of the body. Now, whether that means he's to be considered part of the body or not, um, Steve addressed that in his talk, but... Um, However you you interpret that, um, we're to consider Christ as being um, the one in charge, if if you like, or or we're to view Christ as Lord. And it's him who should be dictating how we function as part of the body of Christ. So we look to him as the head of this this unity that we have in the body of Christ. So that's what we're talking about with the idea of the body of Christ. But today we're we're focusing on the idea of a healthy body. So if we're um, going to lean on that metaphor of a, of a body, what does it mean to, to have a healthy body? Well, first of all, what does healthy mean? Um, a quick Google search will reveal that it means uh, either in good physical or mental condition, or um, on the other side of the coin, if you like, um, not diseased or not unhealthy. So there's, there's a positive aspect and a negative aspect. There's good condition, which means we're, we're looking after ourselves and and all that kind of thing. And then the absence of anything wrong with us in terms of a physical sense. So not not diseased or or injured or anything like that. So that's that's what it means to be healthy. So continuing the the metaphor, what's a healthy body? Well, I think in in light of what we're considering in terms of the body of Christ and our topic for today, we can pick out three aspects which relate to um, a healthy body functioning as it should. So, number one, all the parts perform their function. Number two, there's an interdependency of the parts. So, for example, the arms and legs can't function without blood supply, oxygen, energy, all those kinds of things. So there's interdependency. And then thirdly, not compromised by disease or illness, which we can apply to ourselves uh, in a spiritual sense as as we think of this metaphor of the body of Christ. So all parts performing their function, interdependency of parts, and not compromised by disease or illness. So looking at that first one, um, as we said, as part of the body of Christ, each of us, a separate member of that body, have a different function. Romans chapter 12 and verse 4 to 8 says, For just as each of us has one body with many members, and these members do not all have the same function, so in Christ we, though many, Form one body, and each member belongs to all the others. We have different gifts according to the grace given to each of us. If your gift is prophesying, then prophesy in accordance with your faith. If it is serving, then serve. If it's teaching, then teach. If it's to encourage, then give encouragement. If it's giving, then give generously. If it's to lead, do it diligently. If it's to show mercy, do it cheerfully. 
And then just pick up another verse in Ephesians 4 and verse 16. From him, the whole body, joined and held together by every supporting ligament, grows and builds itself up in love, as each part does its work. And it's that last part which is uh, to do with our, our point here. Um, each part does its work. So, those verses, I think, already show us that although we're part of the body of Christ and we're, and we're a single entity, we're, we're united in that, we're not all to have the same function. Um, as we know, just from, from our life experience, all of us have different skills and different things we're good at, different things we're naturally drawn to be, to be doing. And, and that's how God wants us to be. Um, members of the same body, but each having a different function. Um, perhaps when we think about that, we often talk, don't we, about spiritual gifts and things and, and what does God want me to do for him? Perhaps we're naturally drawn to think, well, what am I good at? What are my skills? What can I do better than everyone else? And perhaps that's part of it. But um, on the other hand, perhaps God has blessed you with a function that only you can perform, but is not necessarily about the skills that you have or things that you're, you're really good at. For example, God may use your relationships with others. Each of us has our own um, social circles and, and people that we interact with. And perhaps um, your relationships with someone, your relationship with someone may be unique to you and that person. So God may use your relationships. Perhaps God will use your upbringing or your backstory, which may be unique to you again. Each of us has our own um, story and our own upbringing and um, perhaps something about that will, will make us uniquely suitable um, to do a, a certain task for God. Perhaps it could be our present circumstances that God will use. Again, um, something that's unique to us. It's, it's not a skill or anything, or not uh, perhaps a, a spiritual gift or anything like that, but perhaps there's a uniqueness about our circumstances, be they good or bad, which God can use um, for the body of Christ to, to perform um, a task. It could be our geographical location. Perhaps we're best suited to be um, reaching out to, to someone in our community or, or something like that, which, which others are not so suited to do. So just really to, to bear in mind that when, when we think about our unique function in the body of Christ, which all of us have and, and have been called to, it's not necessarily about the skill that we have. It's not something that we have to be amazing at. Um, if we're willing and we're presenting ourselves to God, then he'll use um, all the unique things that make us who we are, and he'll use them for his glory. Just for an example of this, um, we read in Acts 4 that uh, Peter and John addressed the Sanhedrin and they, they, they spoke boldly about who Christ was and, um, and what he had done. And it says in verse 13, When they saw the courage of Peter and John and realised that they were unschooled, ordinary men, they were astonished and they took note that these men had been with Jesus. So that just kind of stood out to me really because it specifically says that Peter and John were unschooled, ordinary men. So these weren't um, great orators or, or wise men who, who knew lots about lots of things. But... It was actually the opposite of that. God used the fact that they were ordinary. God used the fact they were unschooled to demonstrate that Jesus had a unique ability to, to touch people's lives. And it was visible in them, although they were unschooled, although they were ordinary, it was visible within them that they'd been with Jesus. So God used Peter and John's unremarkable intellects to demonstrate the power of Jesus. 
And that just wouldn't have happened if he'd have picked someone who, who perhaps was more intelligent or was more schooled. God required that these people were relatable and ordinary men to achieve his purposes. So just to underline that, let's remember that our uniqueness as a member of the body of Christ doesn't necessarily rely on a unique set of skills or our ability to do something better than anyone else. But no matter who we are, there's something about us which makes us uniquely suited to perform a function in the body of Christ. And we might know what, what it is about us that makes us suitable for what God has in store for us. But he knows it, and if we, as I say, if we present ourselves as willing servants, he will use us to achieve what he wants to achieve. <clears throat> so, every member having his or her own function. Moving on to the interdependency of the parts of the members of the, the body of Christ. Let's look at 1 Corinthians chapter 12. <clears throat> And reading from verse 12. Just as a body, though one, has many parts, but all its many parts form one body, so it is with Christ. For, if, for we were all baptized by one spirit, so as to form one body, whether Jews or Gentiles, slave or free, and we were all given the one spirit to drink. And so the body is not made up of one part, but of many. Now if the foot should say, because I am not a hand, I do not belong to the body. It would not for that reason stop being part of the body. And if the ear should say, because I am not an eye, I do not belong to the body. It would not for that reason stop being part of the body. If the whole body were an eye, where would the sense of hearing be? If the whole body were an ear, where would the sense of smell be? But in fact, God has placed the parts in the body, every one of them, just as he wanted them to be. If they were all one part, where would the body be? As it is, there are many parts, but one body. The eye cannot say to the hand, I don't need you. And the head cannot say to the feet, I don't need you. On the contrary, those parts of the body that seem to be weaker are indispensable. And the parts that we think are less honourable, we treat with special honour. And the parts that are unpresentable are treated with a special modesty, while our presentable parts need no special treatment. But God has put the body together, giving greater honour to the parts that lacked it, so that there should be no division in the body, but that its parts should have equal concern for each other. If one part suffers, every part suffers with it. If one part is honoured, every part rejoices with it. Now you are the body of Christ, and each one of you is a part of it. And God has placed in the church, first of all apostles, second prophets, third teachers, then miracles, then gifts of healing, of helping, of guidance, and of different kinds of tongues. Are all apostles? Are all prophets? Are all teachers? Do all work miracles? Do all have gifts of healing? Do all speak in tongues? Do all interpret? Now eagerly desire the greater gifts. So, of course, there's a lot in there that could be um, dissected and, and lots to take from it. But really, the, the focus um, for us today was summed up in verse 26 which says if one part suffers every part suffers with it if one part is honoured every part rejoices with it so it's it's underlining that idea that we're interdependent on each other aren't we as members of a single body um, not only do we have a unique function but we rely on each other to function properly within the body of Christ um, it's, it's clear to us isn't it if if 
if one part of the body suffers, another part suffers. So if, if the heart and lungs are healthy, the other body parts benefit as well. And if the senses are working as they should, then the rest of the body can function within its environment. So each member relies on the other members. Um, so what does that mean for us as part of the body of Christ? Well, if we're all serving God in our, our own small way, then that means that the collective body of Christ is functioning as it should. So it's, it's recognising that perhaps we on our own are only, um, we only have a small sphere of influence perhaps whilst we're down here on this earth. We, we perhaps will not be changing nations or, or um, winning millions for Christ or anything like that. But um, it's good for us to recognise that as part of the body of Christ, our function is important. And the body of Christ as a whole relies on us performing our function properly. <clears throat> Another aspect of this is that um, if we're surrounded by believers, members of the body of Christ who are spiritually healthy, this promotes spiritual growth and well-being in us. Just as if we, if we look after ourselves, if we look after um, our heart and all, all those kinds of things, it's good for the rest of the body. In the same way, if, if we're surrounded by people who are spiritually healthy, then it's good for us and it promotes spiritual growth within, within us as well. So, there's that in, interdependency that we've been thinking of. Um, we have a responsibility for each other's spiritual health, since our own spiritual health is directly linked to each other as members of the body of Christ. So, each of us having our own function, an inter interdependency on each other, and then thirdly, um, a healthy body is not compromised by disease or illness. So in the same way that we've just thought, that spiritual, spiritually healthy believers are a benefit to the other members of the body of Christ, in the same way, those who have been afflicted spiritually can negatively impact the other members. And of course we know that the biggest threat to our spiritual health is sin in all its forms. Galatians 6 verse 1 is, is a good verse for us to know how to um, approach this. Galatians 6 and 1 says, Brothers and sisters, if someone is caught in a sin, you who live by the Spirit should restore that person gently. But watch yourselves, or you also may be tempted. So re restoring gently, um, continuing thinking about the metaphor of a body, we know that if a part of the body is injured or diseased, it's treated very gently, isn't it? We know that it's, it's fragile. Um, so as not to make the issue worse. And I think that's the idea in the Galatians 6 verse that we've read. We should treat others in the same way. So dealing gently with those who are, who are um, afflicted by, by a particular issue of sin. Of course, we're to have compassion and to be understanding and, and to, um, to gently restore. The second part of that verse says, um, watch yourselves or you also may be tempted. So again, coming back to the analogy of, of the body, we're all now used to wearing masks, aren't we, to, pr to protect ourselves against COVID and um, PPE and all those things to protect us against um, catching something which we know is infectious from someone else. And the verse in Galatians 6 advises us that the disease of sin is infectious within the body of Christ. 
and it can quickly spread from one member to another. So the advice is to be vigilant. In the same way, in the same way that now we we wash our hands more often and we, we sanitize and all those kinds of things so as not to, to catch anything. Um, we're to be vigilant for sin. We're to be um, constantly examining ourselves and our, our conduct and, and making sure that we're, um, we're not vulnerable to, to an affliction from sin. Jesus stresses the importance of this um, in Matthew 5 and verses 29 to 30. Um, he says in a, in a hyperbole, uh, almost exaggerating the point, he says that it's better for us to gouge out our eye or cut off our hand than to allow either to condemn us to hell. Now, he's not literally advocating that we, we do those things, that we, we mutilate ourselves in any way. But he's just saying, um, he's stressing the seriousness of sin and he's urging um, those who listen to him to do whatever it takes to deal with it and to, to tackle um, the threat that it is to us. Because we know that sin is what separates us from God. Um, so whilst we, we acknowledge that sin is, is a threat to, to our spiritual health and the health of the body of Christ, we do know, don't we, that all, although, all of us, although all of us have sinned, Jesus made a way for us to get back to God. And perhaps some are listening to this who have not yet uh, put their faith in, in Christ to deal with their sin. Um, we just want to, to say that, that Jesus died on the cross to take away that sin barrier between us and God. Because um, we know that all of us have sinned, all of us have fallen short of, of God's standard. But we know that Jesus, when he died on the cross, he took the punishment for our sin so that we don't have to face it ourselves. And if we believe that he did that, um, and that he rose again and is alive in heaven then we can know forgiveness from God and we can know eternal life with him. So, although we know that God has provided this, this way to deal with sin and a, a sacrifice for sin, we know still that just as with a physical disease, when a problem in the body can be a serious threat to the rest of it, it's the same with the body of Christ, isn't it? Um, we have to be vigilant with sin and be willing to, to do whatever it takes to deal with it for the sake of the fellow believers who are, who are members of the same body as us. So just to recap then, um, a healthy body depends on each member performing its own function. And for us in the body of Christ, we've, we've said that we each have our role to play and it's not necessarily based on a special skill or talent, but rather something that makes us uniquely fit for a task that God has in store for us. And then secondly, the interdependency of parts uh, to maintain the health of the other parts, um, which for us means that we have a, a responsibility for each other's spiritual health since we're all part of the same body. And then thirdly, dealing with disease or illness quickly and fully, um, which is to say that just as we would treat a sick or injured person with gentleness, in the same way we're to gently restore those who are caught up in sin and to be on guard ourselves um, to make sure that that we're not caught in the same way. So that's, that's looking at what a healthy body looks like in terms of the body of Christ. Um, just to wrap up then, how, how is that achieved? Um, the next, next week's topic is going to be look at um, an active body, which no doubt will we'll address this a bit more, but um, just really some, 
some more practical thoughts on how we can make sure that the, the body of Christ is healthy and that we ourselves are um, in good condition to be part of that body. Well, firstly, looking at performing our own function. How do we perform our own function within the body of Christ? Well, the first thing is to ask God to show us what he wants us to do for him. Ephesians 2 and 10 says, For we are God's handiwork, created in Christ Jesus to do good, work, good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. So that means there's definitely something. There's definitely something that God wants us to do as a member of the body of Christ. He's prepared something in advance for us. So we should be asking God to show us what that is. Um, again, as we've said, it may not necessarily rely on something that we're brilliant at, but God has prepared it for us to do, so he'll equip us to do what, what he has for us. Um, the second way in which we can perform our own function to the best, um, the best possible way is examining our circumstances, which, which means looking at the opportunities that God has given me to serve him. Um, for example, what needs can I meet in my local church? Or what is there in my workplace that I can do to serve God? Or in my community? Again, no doubt we'll touch more on this um, as this, the series continues. And then the third way to be performing our own function um, as God would want us to is to be willing. The verse in the hymn that we sang says, Let none hear you idly saying there's nothing I can do. While the lost of earth are dying and the master calls for you. Take the task he gives you gladly. Let his work your pleasure be. Answer quickly when he calls you. Here am I, send me, send me. So it's just about being willing. Um, if we, as, as I've said, if we present ourselves to God, God will equip us to do what he has for us. But we need to be willing um, to be serving him. So, moving on to maintaining that spiritual health that we've talked about, spiritual health of ourselves and the other members of the body of Christ. How can we do that? How is that achieved? Um, one way in which we can do that is just helping in the practical things. Um, perhaps someone is involved in something for, for the church or, or for God, which doesn't necessarily directly concern me, but perhaps I can help that person to perform their function. It could be something as simple as offering a lift or financial assistance or even helping just to set up for, for a meeting of some kind. All these things, they might seem small, but they allow someone else to fulfil their function as part of the body of Christ more fully. So being willing to help with the, with the practical things. Secondly, some of us may be um, called to do ministry. And for those of us who are doing that, let's be using it to to make sure that the, um, the spiritual health of those in our churches and, and those who listen to us um, is improved and is, is maintained. And then thirdly, encouragement. There are some who are particularly skilled at knowing exactly what to say, aren't there? And, and when to say it. And sometimes all it takes is, is just a, a message or, or just a kind word after someone has, has done something for, for God just to say, I think you did, you did great there. Um, and it's a, real, it's a real help to, to many people. So just um, knowing when to, to say those words of encouragement can, can really help to, to maintain the spiritual health of the other members of the body of Christ. And then thirdly, looking at that, that point which we've talked about, the struggle against sin. 
how can we, as members of Christ's body, help to ensure that um, the other members don't fall victim to that? Well, one thing we can do is we can point each other to Christ and his forgiveness. As we've said, God has, pro- has provided that, that way of dealing with our sin. He's provided his son, and that's what we've been, we've been thinking about this morning. Um, Jesus' death and resurrection on the cross. And when one of us is, is um, struggling with, with sin in some way, we can point each other to Christ and say that um, no, nothing that we can do is above God's sacrifice for, for sin. Um, we can provide a listening ear for each other. Perhaps sometimes all it takes is for someone to be able to have a conversation about something they're struggling with or something they're going through. And we can be that listening ear that doesn't necessarily have all the answers, but is, is willing to listen and to help. <clears throat> Colossians 3 and 16 says, Let the message of Christ dwell among you richly as you teach and admonish one another with all wisdom through psalms, hymns and songs from the Spirit, singing to God with gratitude in your hearts. So teaching and admonishing, it's our role, isn't it, and our responsibility as, as members of not only as members of the same church, but as members of the body of Christ, to be willing to teach and um, build up each other, but also to admonish and perhaps call each other out when we, we think there's something that, um, that is missing or that is, isn't quite right with our service. Um, and it's our responsibility also to, to be able to receive that. Um, sometimes it can be difficult to hear, can't it? But sometimes we need to be um, open to, to the advice of, of other brothers and sisters. And then finally, in dealing with that struggle against sin, um, self-examination, as we've already said. Um, James chapter 1 reminds us not merely to listen to the word, but to do what it says. And I think sometimes we can be very, um, we can very easily um, read a passage and we can um, come to the end and think, yep, that's great. And then perhaps go on with our day and, and not think about it again. But we're called to, to do also what it says, not just to to read the word or listen to the word, but to do what it says. Um, and that requires some self-examination. And um, it can be uncomfortable, again, to, to do that sometimes, but that's what we're called to do as members of the body of Christ, to be doing what the word says and to be living it out um, for God's glory. <clears throat> so, just a few thoughts then on, on the body of Christ and maintaining um, that healthy body. Uh, just to recap, what does it look like? It's a body of believers, each of whom p- performs his or her own function in glorifying God and serving him. And its members are interdependent. They rely on each other to maintain spiritual growth and wellness. And then thirdly, with God's help, the members of the body are careful to prevent the harmful effects of sin taking hold and are able to seek restoration from God, who's provided the ultimate cure for the disease of sin. So hopefully um, some helpful thoughts there as we, as we go about our service for God and, and strive to, to serve him as a, as a united body. Shall we pray? <coughs>